Hello, I'm your host, Callum Insel, and welcome to the Rugby League Review in association with Frost International. It's episode two now. Getting episode one done and out there was great, and we're happy to be back for another. Today, we'll be bringing you the biggest talking points from around the Betfred Super League round nine and the highlight matches in the championship this week as well. Sean Wayne's selection for England versus the All-Stars game. And once again, we'll be discussing matches taking place next week and our predictions going into round 10. Joining me again is Ben and Ethan. Without further ado, let's get to today's first talking point, which is the review of the two games this week in Super League. First of all, we'll start with Hall KR's demolition of Salford. Ethan, talk me through that. Hall KR. Yeah, they're the surprise package this season, Hull KR. I think they've won, is it five wins now out of nine? See themselves in the playoff places. A big surprise, they were favourites to go down at the start of the season. A great win on Friday night. And Ben, do you think... For Hall KR, do you think their chances of finishing in that top six are realistic or do you think it will sort of phase out and they will they will lose out to teams like Castleford and Leeds who are still just outside the mix? Well, I suppose you've got to say at the minute Hall KR are, are performing well, but albeit against teams that are, you know, sort of fighting for the lives. Obviously, they beat Salford, like you said, um, a couple of weeks ago, they beat Leeds. So it's, it's about doing it when they come up against the teams, you know, like you just mentioned, that are going to be competing with them to, to get into those playoffs. And whether they can do it will be interesting. I think they've put themselves in a good position. But again, you know, we are still early into the season. Um, you know, there's still about two-thirds of it left. So it's just like everything. You know, we, we can't really predict it at the minute. It's just a case of consistency is key. And, and that's the same for all teams. And apart from just Salford's d- demise in that game, you could say, there was obviously a few talking points within it. Obviously, Chris Kendall, the ref, pulled out a few cards. One to Salford's Chris Atkin in the 17th minute. One to Adam Quinlan in the 50th minute of Hall KR. And then a red to Paulie Paulie from Salford after the final hooter. Ethan, which of the three do you think was probably the most controversial? I'd probably say the first one, Chris Atkin, I think. I think that's what got... Uh... A few Salford fans um, disappointed with the decision. To be honest, that could have gone either way. That one. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was certainly a controversial one, judging by what I saw on Twitter. Not just from you know the fans, but um, journalists and stuff that were at the game were saying it was very harsh. Um, yeah, I think it's just another case of without being without being too harsh, maybe a referee being card happy. Um, and you know, wanting to sort of show that he's done something in the game um, of note, but I don't want to go into that too much because obviously legal, legal issues. <laughs> well, that is true. I think he potentially did uh, did drag the cards out a bit, a bit too quick. I think the Quinlan one was also a little bit soft, but especially the Atkin one was. Ridiculous in my eyes, but I think the whole KR pretty much controlled. Obviously, Salford scored the first try in the fifth minute through Kencio, but it was pretty much a sort of exercise of what Tony Smith's been putting in place for a while now at, at the Robins. But a player I want to sort of touch on who I think has propelled Hall KR in a, in a sense, and it's a player you didn't really see Hall KR sign that sort of calibre of signing, but he's coming and he's, he's, he's done well. Brad Takarangi, I think he's been playing quite well and obviously he scored the other night. I think 
just him and seeing how good a player like that can play for Hull KR is going to keep them keep them in that top six area. Jordan Abdul's sort of a player I want to touch on, though. He's signed a contract extension at Rovers recently, and I think he's beginning to show that he can sort of pull his weight with the, the, best, the better halfbacks in the league. Do you think he's probably the biggest factor in them getting in that top six, Ethan? Yeah, he's actually currently at the top of the Man of Steel points chart, so that shows he's doing well as well. Him and he's everyone points to Sam Tompkins at the top there. So, yeah, he's a big influence for the Hulk AI. He gets around the field well. He's got a good kicking game. So, yeah, he's a big influence in that side. And, Ben, do you think for Salford now, obviously, a defeat by 36 points, he's not been their worst of the season. And it probably, they'll probably get defeated heavier seeing their form at the moment. But do you feel there is a chance if Lee get a couple of wins under their belt that I suppose you could say possibly Wakefield are in the dogfight as well. Huddersfield might just be slightly out of it at the moment. Would you think there's a chance Salford could go down if, if Lee are to pick up a couple of wins or do you think Salford are relatively better than Lee? Um, yeah, I do think that Salford could go down. At, and I think it is albeit there are teams in and around it, I do think that Salford and Lee is sort of a shootout between them as to who can pick up more points across the season. I think, obviously, Salford's only points of the season are that win against Lee at home. And having watched that, that was one of the worst Super League games I've ever seen. Uh, just the amount of errors from, from both sides. I think there won't be many wins for either of the two sides away from against one another. You know, like I said, Lee, Lee haven't got a point at the minute, but they're getting closer. And if Lee can get that first win, you know, for, from anywhere, then it puts Salford under a bit of pressure because, you know, level on points, and I know that it's been decided on points per game or whatever it is, win percentage. Um, but, yeah, both sides need to start picking up points. And I think more so for Salford because it isn't as expected that they'll struggle. I think... Obviously, no disrespect. You know, he's only—he's not—he's only just gone there, and he has got a tough job on his hand, and he's building a squad. But do you think Richard Marshall was the right appointment in the first place for Salford, Ethan? Um, he comes with experience, obviously, with being an assistant coach at Saints. And the next obvious step was to step up to head coach. Uh, I think at the moment he's been unlucky with injuries. He's starting halfback Kev Brown. He's been injured. He's out for twelve weeks. And the other players have had long-term injuries. Obviously, new signing Joe Burgess got injured in pre-season. He's just returned in the last game. So he's like, he has been suffering with injuries. But yeah, I think Ben's right. It's between Lee and Salford at the moment. And if Lee do get that win, obviously they've got, they've got they came close against Catalan, only six in it. They could pick up a surprise win and then that puts Salford even under more pressure. So yeah, it's between them two, especially with Wakefield and Hook AR having the ones they've had so far this season. So it's definitely between them two to go down. Kev Brown announced his retirement early this week as well, didn't he? So, that's sort of, a le- well, not a le- legend of the game, but, um, you know, a long-standing servant, we'll say, retiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and good luck to him in retirement. But, Ethan, you talked there about Wakefield um, going on a little bit of a run. That sort of got halted against Warrington in the other game. That's just gone this weekend. Yeah. The big Warrington were... Uh... Big favourites for that win, and they needed it, especially after coming back 
against mm-hmm. off the result against Castleford. So yeah, it, it was a, it was a favourite, a comfortable win for Wire, and I think Josh Charlie got his hat trick, which pushes him up in the two play trade scoring charts as well. Yeah, good win for Wire. I think it was it was needed. It was, I think, one of the lads from from Cross wrote a, a preview on it and said that you know it it was just necessary to just go and get the two points in in whatever fashion, and it was quite comfortable in the end. But it, again, it, it needed to be because. They need to bounce back from that semi-final defeat, and and they've done so. So now it's just about maintaining, you know, forming the league, you know, securing that that playoff spot. I don't think it's in danger that the wire won't make it. Um, but from there, it's about how far can they go? You know, can they get to the the grand final again? And ultimately, can they pull off a surprise? Yeah, that's it. And I think now you could say, well. Warrington have played Castleford twice in the league and, and obviously once in the Cup. Castleford have picked up two of the wins and Warrington just the one. That's probably the toughest side they've come up against this season. They're yet to play Saints and Wigan, but this week they do face St Helens away. So, you know, for Warrington, it's all well and good turning up and getting back to winning ways against the Wakefield side who are 10th. But they need to do it against St Helens, who are obviously just one win away from getting back on top of Super League. So it's going to be tough for Warrington, but it will be interesting to see whether they can, you know, not just get back to winning ways, but go on a little bit of a run. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Wyatt's fixtures, obviously, the Saints game aside, they're facing Wakefield and Lee up next. So it's like, these are sort of teams that they should be guaranteed points against, but are, are, are they guaranteed points? Because you know we've seen we've seen Warrington slip up before, um, but really they should be you know taking maximum points from those games, and then whatever they can get from from your your Saints, your Wigan, uh, your Cass, etc. They're bonus points, really, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think for Warrington, it's it's all about consistency and just backing it up. If they can go to St Helens this week and win, it'll get people talking, if, if nothing else. And I think it's a game they could win. But again, it's where the Warrington turn up. We've seen it time after time that sometimes they, shrug, they struggle to do that in the bigger games and they find it too easy to turn up in the games against, you know, the likes of Wakefield and, and Lee and Salford. But it will be interesting to see whether they can get their seventh win of the season or whether St Helens can get their eighth. It will be very interesting. But the other game in Super League was the French side Catalan who had the chance to go top and they've took it and they've done it, beating Lee 36-30 in a game where Lee were extremely unlucky. Lee took the lead on various occasions, but it was... Steve McNamara's side, who took the victory. Ben, what are your immediate thoughts on that? Another loss for Lee, but another step closer to the first win? Uh, my immediate thoughts on it after the game were with disappointment, obviously, as a, as a Lee fan. Um, I think on reflection, and this is not being biased, I do think that Catalan were, were lucky to escape the LSB with, with the two points because Lee won two-thirds of the game. The, the, the difference was... Lee went in six points to the good at half time and came out, and it, I think it was in the first 20 minutes, conceded five tries. Um, 
and you know the the chase in the game then and towards the end they got it up to thirty six thirty and I think there was about I think two minutes left um, and it honestly it, the atmosphere was amazing um, and you know you just thought that Lee were going to get over the line and and we're going to take it to to Golden Point but it wasn't to be um, I think there's definitely improvement there uh, and I think. Yeah, they are getting closer, but it, it is about not having these periods where, you know, you just absolutely self-destruct and, and press the self-destruct button because you can't come out and concede five tries in Super League um, in, in that short space of time. Like I said, you're chasing the game. Um, getting closer, when that win will come, if that win will come, obviously we don't know. I'm feeling more confident that it will come, but I don't know when. Um I think we're going to have to take our opportunities against the sides in and around us towards the bottom of the table. Yeah, it's it's looking bleak for Lee, but to be fair, I think what we were speaking about before, with Salford struggling themselves, I think that is sort of leaving the door slightly open for Lee. So, you know, if they can get that first win, which they do seem to be getting closer to, then hopefully for, for Lee's sake, it will start to sort of propel them off the bottom of the table. But just looking to a couple of the results in the Championship, there was an interesting game in Widnes where Widnes lost out to London 24-22. And then Bradford's unbeaten run ended in dramatic fashion, really losing 44-0 to Featherstone. And obviously Toulouse just keeping up their fantastic start to the season, beating Dewsbury 56-12. Ben, Widnes another loss. Yeah, exactly that. Um, another loss, but another loss where they shouldn't have lost because... I think, you know, they were leading for, for large parts of the game. It was it was a tight game. Um, I think Broncos' quality showed at times, Witnesses' quality showed at times, and then vice versa. Um, there was a lot of pendulum swings in, in the sort of momentum. Um, but eventually, yeah, I think it was Titus Guaze, I hope I've pronounced it right, that got the winning try. And the, the difference was the, the conversions in the end because I think Witness missed two. Uh, two conversions near the end and obviously as uh, Broncos went in they, they their kick made the difference and, and won on the game so yeah another defeat for Witness another another two points to, to Broncos and I think it's just again another disappointment for for the Vikings um, after what has been a shaky start to the season uh, it doesn't seem to be getting a lot better Yeah and moving on to down under. The first game of State of Origin happened last week. The next one's this week. It was a emphatic victory for New South Wales beating Queensland 56. Ethan, we see the sort of quality in the uh, in the NRL and it's interesting to sort of see that the, just the difference in, in skill level, I think, and that was on show in, in New South Wales victory. Yeah, the skill level is completely different and between the two sides the skill level was completely different on the day obviously New South Wales absolutely hammering Queensland and it was it was clear to see the skill the difference in the skill and the quality of it between the two sides obviously New South Wales were a big victory on the day yeah we they had the the two Penrith halfbacks Jerome Lau and Nathan Cleary in there and I think they pretty much pulled the strings but to be fair to Queensland they've lost a lot of veteran players through retirement Lately, you know, your Cameron Smiths and your Cooper Cronks aren't there anymore for them. 
but it was a it was a, a huge victory and you just you just look at that sort of game and you do sort of think can that sort of quality level happen in Super League sometimes we do miss it not all the time you do see it sometimes especially from the sort of big five or six in there but sometimes the quality of games aren't up to the standard of what we saw last week Ben do you think Queen uh, New South Wales are gonna take it to 2-0 and comfortably win that series yeah, I mean, judging by, by the first game, um, I don't think they've got much to worry about. But then saying that, you know, Queensland always have a, a sting in the tail. Um, I think they completely dominated New South Wales from, from start to finish. And I don't think many people were expecting it. Um, I think, obviously, Queensland are playing, playing course as a home, uh, had the, the majority of the support there. But I think, yeah, like I said, it, it was just a case of total domination. and. And, you know, you thought that at one point in the game, Queensland might snap into it and at least put a fight, but it didn't really happen. Yeah, indeed. And I think New South Wales just pretty much carry on from where they left off and they'll, they'll have that series wrapped up. Moving on to looking into round 10 for Super League. There's some interesting games. I'm just going to run through them now. Thursday night, St Helens, Warrington, as we spoke about. There's two on Friday with Huddersfield taking on Salford, Wigan playing Hall KR. On Saturday, Lee face Hull FC and Catalan face the Leeds Rhinos. And then on Sunday in the Championship, just a few to look over. Dewsbury Featherstone could be quite an interesting game. Widnes Sheffield, can Widnes get back to winning ways? And I think Swinton Halifax is also one to look out for. But I suppose that the two biggest games in Super League, in my opinion, is obviously that St Helens Warrington game. In terms of excitement, I think Wigan Hall KR could be quite an interesting one, but Catalan leads for me because I think if there is a team to beat Catalan, I know they're not exactly in the best form. They've had a couple of um, decent results, but I think Leeds could, could surprise a few and, and go to the south of France and pick up a win. But, you know, just talking about St Helens, Warrington first, Ethan, do you think that's going to be sort of plain sailing for Saints or do you think we are going to see a sort of, you could say, unexpected Warrington win? It's a tough one, really, because it could go either way that game. Obviously, Saints haven't played anyone. Big, really. They've played Catalans away in Perpignan and got beat. So the rest, the rest of the results have been against lower sides, the Wakefields, the Hull Chaos, the Salford. And in recent years, Warrington have had re- uh, good results at the Turtle Wicked Stadium, especially in 2018 when they came away with that semi-final victory. So it depends which Warrington side turn up, to be honest. If they, t- if they play like they did against Salford, they could well, well come away with a win. But um, yeah, Saints are going to that game favourite and I think Saints will probably nick the win on that one. Yeah, Ben, are you on the same? Yeah, uh, I agree with what Ethan just said in terms of it's really difficult to predict because we don't know what sort of Warrington side are going to turn up. Obviously, to actually get a result at Saints, you you have to be good for for eighty minutes consistently, and no one can slack. And I think, if I'm honest, I think this game could be decided from individual battles. And I think, you know, we've seen some of the Warrington plays before, especially when things don't go don't go to plan. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the word is. Maybe they get demotivated. Maybe they lose concentration. And I think just a momentary lapse of concentration against Saints, you know, can, can cost you. Um, and that's, that would be sort of my tip for this game. 
obviously Friday, Huddersfield, Salford and Wigan, Hall KR. Ethan, what are your two tips for those two? Huddersfield, Salford, I'd have to back Huddersfield to get that win, especially at home. Uh, they've they've played well in recent weeks. Obviously, they had that run of games where they continuously win before got beat by Wakefield. Obviously, their game was called off last week against Wigan. Uh, but yeah, I have to back Huddersfield for the win for that one, especially with the players Salford have got missing. And Wigan, Hook okay, I'm actually at that game on Friday night. It should be a good game. Obviously, Wigan, they missed out last week with their game. And then the, the week, their last game, they got battered over in Perpion against Castle and Selby. We were having a point to prove. Whereas Hook okay, they've been a good one in recent form. Obviously, bat- beating Salford comfortably. But I would, I would have to back the Warriors for that one. Yeah, my two tips are, my two sort of predictions are exactly the same. I think Huddersfield have too much for Salford. Um, I think Salford, as I touched on before, that you know the quality isn't there. The they've got a lot of injuries at the minute. Um, I think all in all, Huddersfield will just come through that, and I think it'll be quite comfortable in the end. Um, and I think Wigan back at home, obviously after not playing, I think they'll be refreshed. They'll be ready to go. Um, and again, I think they they need to bounce back from, from that defeat in Perpignan because obviously they haven't had a chance to do that yet. So I think they will do um, by about 12, 14 points. And Ben, staying with you, your predictions for the Saturday games, Lee Hull FC and Catalan Leeds? Um, I'll go with Catalan Leeds first, I think. Catalan, they, they were very impressive in the the wins over Wigan and Saints. They came to Lee uh, last weekend and were quite fortunate, um, albeit, you know, they dug in and got the win. I think Leeds, obviously, inconsistencies cost them this year so far. They need to start building consistency. I think, it'll be again, it'll be a narrow game, but I think just with the home advantage, I'll just narrowly edge Catalan. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it go like, going the opposite way. And as for Lee, um, I think Hull FC, they're getting closer, Lee. But again, I just think Hull FC have just too much for them. Um, so, yeah, I will back Hull FC. But again, I think I think Lee will run the course. Yeah. Moving on to the, to the final talking point of today's episode, with Sean Wayne's selection for the England game against the All-Stars. The quartet that got announced to earn selections was uh, a couple quite interesting in, in my eyes. Wakefield's Joe Westerman earned a call-up. Wakefield's Reece Lynn. Then Catalan former Wigan winger Tom Davis and Warrington halfback Gareth Widdop earned recalls to the side. I think Reece Lynn and Gareth Widdop are probably justified, but I don't know about you two. I'm not entirely sure on the Joe Westerman and Tom Davis selection. Ethan, what are your thoughts on those? Um, having caught up at a few Wakefield games in recent weeks, Joe Westerman has been playing well uh, and obviously they've been on a good run, Trinity, and he's been one of the main influences in that run. So yeah, he's probably he's been playing well, so probably I'd say it's earned. Uh, Tom Davis, obviously, Catalan's at the informed side at the moment in Super League and he's scoring tries for fun for those on, on the wing. And he's a good ball carrier, gains the hard yards, as we, as we say. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, good, it's a good pick from Wayne. I don't know if Davis will play with, obviously, you've got Meekinson and other wingers he can choose from. So, But, yeah, it's an opportunity for the, those two players to gain experience within the England squad. 
Ben, do you think the halfbacks, the sort of pairing he'll go with, either for just the All-Stars match or, you know, going forward into the World Cup, for me, I'd potentially play Lomax and Widdup on form or potentially if he comes over and signs for one of Wigan or Warrington and gets playing, George Williams could get that sixth jersey for the World Cup, probably too soon to get it for the All-Stars match. But So the halfback pairing could be something Sean Wayne has to think hard and long about. I think for the World Cup, it's it's going to be a bit easier for him to decide, but with the All-Stars match coming up next week. There's quite a few halfbacks for him to pick from. Obviously, Johnny Lomax of Saints and Gareth Widdop of Warrington are in there. You've got George Williams in there. Probably too early for him to play, being, you know, not, not having played for weeks in Australia and sorting out coming back to England. You've got Stefan Ratchford, who could possibly squeeze in there if Sam Tompkins get the full, gets the full-back role. But for me, I think on form, it has to go down to to Lomax and Widdup. Do you think those are the two that he'll go with for the World Cup, Ben? Yeah, I think definitely Widdup at the moment is on form uh, for Warrington. I think, you know, we've touched on him a lot and, and you've been singing his praises. Um, I think he's really sort of shone this year so far and it, hopefully he carries that on. Lomax obviously part of a, a winning mentality Saints team and I think we, we need those sort of strong characters in there to... Well, when when things sort of get tough, um, you know, you've got to grind and you've got to you've got to dig in. Um, and I think Lomax is one of those players. Um, so yeah, for me, they'd be a good combination. I think Williams coming back from Australia is too soon at the minute, um, but it depends on whether, you know, like you said, he gets signed by an English team and and actually starts playing again and, and enjoying his rugby league. Um, Ratchford for me, without being too harsh. Doesn't deserve the place in the in the starting lineup. I think he's he's faltered this year so far. On a few occasions that I've seen him, he's not been that impressive. Um, but again, that's just my opinion. And I think just the important thing to note is obviously this nation's All Star game is is obviously yeah it's important. But I think it's about building confidence and and gelling ahead of the World Cup because that's obviously the big thing um, towards the end of the year and. Which just hopefully that still goes ahead. Um, COVID depending, I think it will. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what Sean Wayne sort of chooses, etc. And obviously, we'll see what team he fields for that game against the All Stars at the Halliwell Jones on Friday, the 25th of June. But that's it for the second episode of the Rugby League Review Podcast in association with Prost. We hope you've enjoyed it once again. And next week, we'll have a lot to talk about again with Round 10 coming to you from the Super League. We'll also be reviewing the second of three State of Origin matches and we'll have a player guest for the very first time. I'm your host, Callum Mitzel, and we'll see you next time.